Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. We welcome in a man who wears many hats, both literally and figuratively, as he was Freddy Krueger for Halloween, an influencer, aspiring book writer, assistant coach, big three star, and six-year NBA veteran who scored over 3,000 points in his career. His nickname should have been Windex for how he cleaned the glass. <laughs> the master of Photoshop as he starred in Rick and Morty, Space Jam, and Friday the 13th. If there's a social platform, this man's already on it. We welcome in the rhino himself, Craig Smith. What is going on? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me, man. really appreciate it. And no problem at all. Appreciate you being patient. Um, you know, we had a little bit of technical difficulty getting on, but Craig's got patience in addition to everything I said about him in that. <laughs> patience is a virtue, my friend. Patience is a virtue. Well, Craig, I want to dive right into it. And I like to start in with the early years at Fairfax High School. I mean, you killed it. Two-time All-City selection, averaging 23.4 and 11. You played at Worcester Academy in Massachusetts as a post-year grad before college. Averaging another smooth 20 and 10, leading them to a 27 and 4 record best in school history. I mean, from there, you just tore it up at Boston College. Your first year, you started 28 out of 31 games, which is kind of crazy for a freshman, right? Yeah, especially back in that day, because, you know, uh, like we were just the beginning of, you know, really playing like the freshman. Um, so there was a player by the name of Yuka Agbai. Shout out to Yuka. It's like my big bro. He ended up fracturing his neck. He had, like, broke some type of bone in his neck. He still played in, like, the Holy Cross game. And uh, coach comes to me and is like, hey, you're going to be starting the next game. And then I just remember Troy Bill coming up and saying, hey, I need you guys to be more like upperclassmen than underclassmen. So for me, it was just um, about getting ready to 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 shock the world because I felt like a lot of people didn't want me to – didn't think I was going to play at the division one level or didn't think I was going to be that good. So I just wanted to prove to him, you know, that I was going to be an elite player. And, you know, I had a really good freshman year. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because you put up similar stats, your sophomore and junior year, you increased your rebounds, assists and steals. You lowered your scoring a little bit. What I think is interesting is your senior year, Boston college made their, their debut in the ACC. The Eagles won a a school record, 28 games. Advanced to the Sweet 16 for the first time in 12 years. You're voted an All-American, the first Boston College player to have that honor. You're named an All-ACC preseason team before you even play a game. But I want to go to that Sweet 16 game against Villanova. That's one for the ages. The game went to overtime. You hit the go-ahead bucket. Less than a minute remaining, Will Sheridan hits the game-winning basket on some BS goaltending. But later it came out. You played overtime with a broken hand. So... Do you feel it was broken at the time? Like, there's no way I, I know you're coming out, but is it just the adrenaline <laughs> rush that kept you going? Yeah, the adrenaline rush kept me going, and I can notice, like, literally I felt my hand dangling. <laughs> and I'm like, Jeez. yo, we'll tape it up. I'm sure it's just a really bad sprain because that's what normally happened, like, the last three years of my career. Like, it was just little sprains. But this one, I knew it was a pop. I didn't care because I'm like, there's no way we're we're about to go to the elite eight, you know. We're about to, <laughs> like we're about to do something special here. Like God, you can't like let this happen. And 
it was just an unfortunate situation. I mean, I played to the very last bucket where we got it, and um, we ended up losing a, a terrible way in which, you know, I still have nightmares to this day um, about that game because it's just, you know, that was the last game of my senior career, and it was really out of my hands, and I thought I put it in my hands after that bucket. I mean, you did everything you can in that game. Like, sometimes, you, you know, it's the team that has the possession last what I think is interesting, I looked at your senior year and your scoring decreased from freshman to the final season. And your last season, you actually shot the least amount of shot attempts at 11.8 per game. And I feel like a lot of players, their senior year, they want a stat pad, especially if they have a chance of going pro. How come you were more unselfish? Well, that's that's just how the success of the team went. I felt like I was a big common denominator. So the one thing I needed to be better at was court vision. Everybody was going to focus on me. I was going to get a lot of double ten. I got, I've been doubled since my freshman year. So the the thing about me was the court awareness, how I can be better in rebounding, how I can show I'm I'm a player in all these different facets versus scoring because I'm already putting up twenty three hundred. But in my mind, maybe I should have put up more to try to get twenty eight hundred. You know. But at the same time, it's like I need to do I need to make a sacrifice for my teammates. Plus, I need to, the scouts to know I'm just not a scorer at all. I mean, you know, I do other things as good as well. And, you know, I was almost averaging triple doubles in the ACC tournament. Yeah, you're putting up buckets there. And I'm glad that you would like to have a well-rounded game. The scouts certainly noticed you were yeah. selected by the 36 overall pick with the Timberwolves in the 2006 NBA draft. What'd you drink that night? Oh, man, I had some, I had some Patron. Okay. Um, I had some tequila. Right. Um, but the first all thing right. I did, I actually I actually hugged my mom because it was just like, you know, all that hard work and sacrifice that, you know, I did. Like, I, it finally came. You know, this moment finally came here. I've been talking so much, and now it's for real. You know, to grasp that moment was really cool. But, yeah, I had some Patron. I maybe had some uh, some Don P. I went out to one of the oh, the, the best spots in, in Hollywood. So I, I had a good night. I had a good night. Okay. Love to hear that. And, you know, because some people, we talked we talk with Josh Boone. He said I didn't drink. And I was like, wow, that just deflates the question here. Yeah, he wasn't. He, I don't think he was 21. So <laughs> that was my advantage. Yeah. When I got drafted, I was 21. So I'm, I was – I was drunk. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And look, Craig, it's not a guarantee that the second round pick makes the team. But he said you played all 82 games. And you started five of them. You averaged seven and a half points, five and a half or five rebounds your first year. You'd play in all but 13 games with the Wolves the next two seasons. You started 42 of them. The third year, that's statistically your best career, averaging 10.1 points, four rebounds and assists. And unfortunately, that season, they that after that season they traded you to the Clippers. But what I thought was interesting, we rewind one year in the summer of 2008, they signed you to a multi-year extension. One year after they trade you. So what's like the landscape behind an NBA trade? Do they give you a heads up? Um, did Minnesota say why you weren't part of their plan? No, it's just like, you know, when, when um, new coaching systems and new GMs come in, you know, they have a, different perspective on what they see going forward so what may be there may not be there for them to succeed on um so you break the team up but i felt like you shouldn't have broke us up because i felt like we could have been as good as okc um we we had really good a good nucleus of guys who can really score the ball shoot the ball we had al jefferson we had randy foy you know myself 
Gomes, uh, Telfair, you know, we were really gelling and I felt like we could have been something special, but you know, it's just the nature of the business. And when people get fired and new people come in, it's, it's basically like clean house. I'm just thankful I got clean house to go back home versus Utah <laughs> or, you know, some place I'm very unfamiliar with. Cause I, I mean, I was, I was in the cold for like eight years. So it was, just, it was really too much for me. And it was, you know, so it was like, man, to get me back in some sunshine, really good, really good for the body. Do players really dread going to Utah? Is that like the worst place you want to get traded to? No, it's actually not. Utah is actually a pretty fun city. Like there's really some cool things to do out there. It's just the fact that maybe if you get stuck and out there for three or four days, you may, you know, you may get bored, mm-hmm. but um, it's a smaller town than being in LA or Miami or, York, you know, you have your really cool places where you can hang out, have some nice food, you know. So, um, it's just your preference, but I feel like I've had a I've had good good stories in every city I played in, so I love hearing that. And and Craig, you played two seasons with the Clippers, one with the Blazers before playing overseas with Hapold, Jerusalem. I should know how to say that because I'm Jewish, but I don't. Uh the Hong Kong Yerushalayim. <laughs> there we go, man. You're teaching me more about my culture. Sioux Falls Sky Force of the D League, back to the Israeli club. I got to ask, though, do you know your career high in the NBA? You probably do. I do. I do. I, I had 36 points against the Wizards, against Gilbert, uh, who ended up being my teammate two years ago. So I figured you knew your career high. Do you know what you shot that game? <sighs> nah, I don't. Maybe like 15 for 18. 15 for 20? 14 or 22. I mean, that's still good. You're still in the zone on that. Still kind of locked in. I'm not going to lie. I'm still kind of locked in. I, you know, as you can see back there, uh, maybe kind of poorly, I'm a Wiz <laughs> fan, so I'm kind of glad you dropped okay. it on Gilbert. Like, get it? I probably watched that game, so I'm glad you got a career <laughs> high in that. And you kind of were telling about the big three. I mean, you played on the enemies, and I know a lot of us we like watching it. Is the mo of the big three just to have fun, or does the competitive nature and kick in, and you're trying to get wins too? Yeah, I mean, it's always about having fun because that's initially how it started the game of basketball, but like. Being that you get back in there, yeah, it's the camaraderie, it's the banging, you know, you want to win. The competitive spirit never dies. And it's just good to be in a league that, you know, even after people say, you know, they don't think you can play anymore, that you can showcase your skills still in America. So it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. All right. Yeah. I, I was watching the Instagram story you put up, getting a nice little and one. Speaking with yeah. Craig Smith, the NBA overseas guy that knows pronunciation better than I do and big three. So Craig, we like to get our guests out of here with a little triple play rapid fire, some this or that questions. You probably haven't been asked some of these before you game. Nope. Yeah, I'm game. I'm game. I'm game. I'm game. I'm game. All right, let's Take do sure. it. Let's do it. Win a March madness title, an NBA championship or a big three title. Oh, Oh, we got we got you thinking right off the bat. I love it. Yeah, man. I guess currently I'll have to say big three championship. Um, but I, I mean, I can't go wrong with an NBA championship either. I mean, I'm torn. 
But I, right now, big three. Okay. No social media or no basketball for a year? Oh, probably no oh, These are going to be media. some good. If I, no oh, social media. Man, man, okay. All right. Yeah, I got to keep I love basketball, basketball man. I, I, <laughs> you, you can use one utensil the rest of your life. Fork, spoon, or knife. What are you picking? A spork. <laughs> I, I see that. That's caveat. Everybody tries. No, I can't say that. Oh, no. All right. I would. I would definitely probably say a spoon then. What? What are you, you going mean, to use to cut the edges with them? I'm gonna cut it with the spoon. I'm a rhino, so I'm a. <laughs> All right. All right. Fair enough. Would you rather forget who you were or who everyone else was? I think I'd rather forget who everybody else was. Hey, hey you can't forget about yourself. Man. You can't forget about the rhino. But I thought that was, you said, can I forget about myself or forget about everyone else? Yeah, so you forget who you are or you forget who everybody else is? Yeah, I'm going to forget who everybody else is. I got to remember who the rhino is. Hey, that's what I, people people try to play the other answer. Like You're giving the real answer. Given the real answer. I mean, it's cool to know everybody, but like, you know, people change. So you never know who you're going to meet if you get in a situation, you know? That's true. What is your favorite breakfast cereal? Captain Crunch. Doesn't cut the roof of your mouth? Nah, see, you got to let the water sizzle on it a little bit so it makes it a little bit softer versus hard. Yeah, I mean not you water. You put sorry, water sorry. in your cereal? No, I don't. No, I don't. Sorry, 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 sorry. See, you try to. Nah, I put uh milk, but coconut milk actually, and I let it sit for like thirty seconds, so I get a little softer where it doesn't cut. You know, it's a softer crunch. I was gonna say if you put water in your cereal, that's a rhino yeah. thing to do. I like it. Right. I nah. I. That was like back in the day, for sure, with some pet milk. When you had no milk, man, and you tried to figure it out as a kid, like it was disgusting, but I made it work. <laughs> oh, sheesh. All right, I'm interested to hear your answer on this. Would you rather dunk on Nick Young or pull the ultimate prank against Gilbert Arenas? Sick. I did my nah, research. I know Gil. He's a, Gil's like an official prankster. You feel me? I ain't got time for that. Yeah. I might have to dunk on Nick. Might have to dunk uh, on but Nick. What if you pooped in his shoes? He did that to Brendan Haywood. You and prank and prank and prank him. Yeah, prank. I, I would have fun pranking Gil. It would be fun because it's like you had to really think about it and catch him off guard because he's kind of on alert. So you know, I'm gonna change my he's answer. Sharp. I'm gonna prank Gil. I'm gonna prank him. Okay, that's what. That's what I was hoping you'd say. Like, and the thing is, you know that Gil's coming back at you after. Oh, yeah, for sure, without a doubt. All right. We got a couple left. Would you rather fight like Mike Tyson or fight Mike Tyson once or talk like him the rest of your life? No, I got to fight him. You think, do you, think you can it. take him? Yeah, you, I'm a rhino. I'm a rhino. I could, I could take I, a hit. I, why am I asking that? Why am I asking that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Would you rather a bell ring every time you're horny or never be horny again? Oh my God. Wait, was it ring a bell? I guess I'll have to ring a bell. 
Well, I don't well, know. You probably Wait, haven't been you... asked. Somebody. Yeah, I ain't been asked. So, ring a bell or not at all? Uh, no, no. A bell, a bell rings like a, a a random bell goes off every time you're horny, or you're never horny again. That's a tough. Ah, oh, man. Most people we ask, they say, "Ring the damn bell." I mean, I. That's the only answer, because I mean, right. you gotta ring the bell. Ah, Craig, I, I feel like I peer pressured you on a couple of these. Kind of peer pressured me a little All right. bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got the last two. Would you rather be a chair or a table? Be a chair. Okay. I like it. The last one. I leave you open for 10 three-pointers. How many you hit? Eight. 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 I want video of that. Eight. I, 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 like I just made 10 free throws today. It's not hard. It's, it's just... Oh, I said, I said three-pointers. Three-pointers. Oh, yeah. Four layups, too. Four layups, too. Okay. Okay. Our, our, our I saw you some stuff. You, okay, I saw you uh -huh. in your career, and I know you can shoot. I know you can shoot, so I know if it was still your repertoire. But it's all, it's all mental, and it's all mental and muscle memory, so it's it's always going to be good. So. Oh, man. Well, Craig, we appreciate you joining us. Before we get out of here, is there anything you want to plug to the audience, you know, projects you're working on, where they can find some Craig Smith highlights, all that good stuff? <laughs> Just, just check me out on Black Rhino 83 on my Twitter and uh, on my Instagram. And uh, there are some cool things coming out. Like I said, I got some book stuff that's, you know, coming out soon. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm doing some new coaching. So, you know, I, I'm coaching the kids now. So, you know, that's a good opportunity. But, you know, just look forward and, and stay tuned on the Black Rhino page, Black Rhino 83. Yeah. Black Rhino 83 on Instagram and Twitter. He's also on TikTok. He's on Cambio. He's on Facebook. He's on YouTube. He's on LinkedIn. He's probably on AIM. He probably has carrier pigeons made out after him. So if you're looking to find him, you'll have no problem with that. 